Vinay, it gives me great pleasure to have you as a guest on our new podcast, The Novum Insightful. In this series, we're delving into all the weird and wonderful things in crypto, DeFi, NFT world. And, and uh, you're suddenly one of the people in this industry who's educated me. Um, you did a great series of talks uh, in, in London that I'll always remember uh, many years ago when ICOs were a thing and we hadn't turned them into automated market making token listings or whatever they are now. Yeah, um, but anyway, Vinay, how are you? How is Materium still always one of the most innovative projects in this market? How, how are things going? Uh, things are pretty good. Um, you know, Materium has had this very, very long, long, long dragging R&D process, right? This is now year four of operations. Um, and, you know, we launched the first product right at the beginning of the pandemic. And it just got swamped by the pandemic. You know, like nothing happened. We launched the second product, which is the kind of NFT product, earlier this year. And we've gotten to the point where we could go from a standing start to producing an NFT for a physical object in a week. First contact customer through to here's your NFT. It's on auction on OpenSea in a week, uh, and at that point, you know that's like a real deployable capability. We can do that for anything that will fit into our storage. Uh, it doesn't always take a week because some things are more complicated than others. But the base case is now like it's quick, it's professional, it's slick. I always don't know what to do with it. It's like when did we? That's incredible, with- especially yeah, as you you know this is a especially beautiful to me because I spent a lot of time with Vinay in the late part of last year, early part of this year, when it was uh, a squeaky MVP that, that you could debate as to whether it would launch or not. It was, yeah, it was twitchy. <laughs> it was twitchy. Because, I mean, at that point, right, in the depths of crypto winter, it's hard to yeah. get people to think in innovative ways, for yeah. one thing. Uh, and then on the other side of it, I mean, it's just, there's nothing like practice, you know? Like... You know, the fourth, the fifth, the sixth time that you're doing the same operation, this set of legal paperwork, this set of smart contracts, this set of curatorial standards. And, you know, we do the dance of integrating all those pieces inside a material and then it clicks, boom, here's your NFT. You know, by the time that we'd had the team doing that in a repeated way for relatively simple objects, we got to the point where, you know, it just becomes a process. You know, same inputs, same outputs, same people in the middle. Um, and I think that it's globally unique that we've got this capability to do this streamlined issuance of physical assets as NFTs. I don't think anybody's anywhere close to that um, because it, it turns out to be a really hard problem. Um, and, it, and it's a little bit like, I mean, it's a bit like making a Swiss watch or something, right? Each individual component is relatively simple, but it's the coordination of all the components that gives you the, the actual uh, process. Amazing. So I, I was just on your website ahead of this interview, and I, I scrolled down to the bottom very happily, normal-looking website, and I came across an Acheulean hand axe at the bottom, yes. which I absolutely loved. I just thought, what a wonderful way of showcasing what you're doing. 
and and you can buy it for a little bit more than two Ethereum. I have to admit, I was tempted to even try and do the process before doing this interview. I may well do it before this podcast goes live. But anyway, the the um, uh, yeah, fantastic. So, how does it work if I am uh, the buyer of uh, a Chulian hand axe NFT? Yeah. What do I do? What, do I actually own the hand axe? You actually own the hand axe. So we bought the hand axe from a reputable dealer. We validated that it was as described and that it is as legit as we know how to make it. Um, and we take that bundle of documentation of that whole process and we put it into IPFS so it can't be edited and there's a permanent record of it. Right. Then the physical hand axe goes into a secure insured storage facility in London. So they're, they're an art storage facility and they can handle objects up to tens of millions of dollars of value without blinking. They do it all the time. And then we issue the NFT, which is basically a warehouse receipt that gives you the legal right to retrieve the hand axe from us. And as soon as you buy that NFT, you're the legal owner of the axe. Can I use the NFT to get hold of the hand axe? You certainly I... can. So you basically return the NFT to Materium who lock the NFT. So it isn't, it isn't voided because you might want to put the hand axe back into the system. And then we instruct the art vault to ship you the axe. Simple as that. Uh, and we this is the same arrangement with the gold bars in Singapore. So we have a similar setup in Singapore with our partners, Loco. And uh, Loco can handle anything up to a 400-ounce bar for 700K. So we could very soon see NFTs that were for either an individual 700-ounce bar or maybe even a fleet of 700-ounce bar, 400-ounce uh, bars. And every single bar has a unique number on it because these are allocated bars. Um, and it's the same deal, right? You turn up in Singapore, they hand you the gold or they ship it to you and you pay some taxes. Wow. Hats off to you, Vinay. I think you've... Uh, I can tell uh, if it's not going into too much detail, but I probably have done... 30 meetings with Vinay with different people yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Absolutely. and uh, some of the smartest investors in the planet and various different sort of uh, advisory types <laughs> and I think every single one of them pretty much came out and went this guy is clearly a genius but they were all highly skeptical that the very process that you're describing that you're able to do right now would actually work right it's look. It's airtight, right? In as much as the gaps in the process are covered by insurance. What happens if the warehouse burns down and the hand axe is destroyed by the heat? More of a risk for your dolly painting than for a hand axe, but you know what, if that happens, well, there's insurance for that. What happens if the Ethereum main chain goes down for some reason? There's some apocalyptic software event. Oh my God, the chain is down. Well, how do we figure that out? Well, you just walk in and you go to arbitration and you prove that you've got possession of the crypto key. What if you lose your key? What if your keys are stolen? You know, there are failovers for all of these things. In the next six weeks, maybe, um, we are going to add political risk insurance as a, a warranty that is going to be powered by an outfit called UNN.finance. So UNN has this risk pooling method, right? You introduced us to UNN, and they have this risk pooling method, and they are perfectly comfortable setting up risk pools for things like what happens if the country that is holding your gold gets invaded. 
So, you know, we're going to go from this relatively, you know, uh, pedestrian, you know, one NFT, one hand axe to one NFT swarm of specialized insurance products, all of which are backed by DeFi, commercial lenders who will take the insured NFT and then lend you money against it. You know, the whole thing is just going to plug physical assets right into the DeFi ecosystem. And we've got the physical asset part done. And right now we're working on the DeFi connectors. So I feel like I've played a small part in history in this way, because uh, Ooh, yeah. the, 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 the um, two of my favorite and still probably underrated projects in, in the crypto landscape are Armaterium and UNN, just because... Oh, it, it really uh, takes, you know, we speak exactly the same language. They are fantastic partners for us because we all yeah. speak this language of risk. Uh and, you know, you can imagine, like, by the time that you could get a whole bunch of super specialized micro insurance or micro warranty products from, you know, the DeFi world, what that produces is yield farming by people staking their money behind uh, kind of things like political risk. If you don't think that, let's say, Singapore is going to get invaded by Malaysia in the next two years, you stake a bunch of money behind that and you just rake in income from the, uh, all of the payments that people are taking to get access to that risk pool, right? No, it's um, the great thing, I think, about the, the sort of crypto and blockchain, especially, is, is most of the people we know, Vinay, in our space are probably living five years in the future most of the time, right? You and Mike Beck, for example, are two of the people who sort of know where the world is going and yeah. and ironically, <laughs> I look at this <laughs> the planet Arrakis. We will be there soon. Um, but actually, that's is, a picture of New York. <laughs> oh, is it? <laughs> that's a picture of uh, futuristic New York. Okay, amazing. Yeah, no, really, really interesting. And I think this is actually a good segue because I think three years ago, I I remember very very clearly you sort of uh, stood up in this sort of. Uh, King's Cross Lecture Hall at Digital Catapult and took out your phone and went, soon you will be able to go along the street and I think you pointed at St Pancras or whatever and go, you could take a photo of a nice house by St Pancras and then you will be able to buy the, the house, right? Mm -hmm. um, um, how close are we to that happening, right? Now, now the Materium stuff is up and running. I believe we're going to do a parking space in London in Q3. Uh, and the reason for doing a parking space is really nothing can go wrong with a parking space. It's not like you need a surveyor's report. You know, you don't really need title insurance. I think we could do a transaction for something that was at the simplest end of real estate in Q3. Q4 early next year, I think we will get NFTs for real real estate transactions. You may say, like, why do people want that, right? Isn't that just a bunch of crypto-rich people that could just turn their money into fiat and buy the house with fiat? And the answer is no. What you're really looking for in that use case is somebody takes their money and turns it into something like USDC, right? My expectation is real estate will be pretty much entirely stablecoin transactions. What you want is the ability to immediately close a house deal. Uh, I'm going to move to London. I'm going to buy this house. The house I'm going to buy falls through. I say, right, well, I've already got all my financing arranged. I'm going to buy a different house, but I need to be able to close the transaction in a week. And that ability to just literally browse through all the houses that are currently represented as NFTs, 
click the one that you like the look of, buy an option on it that will hold it open for three days while you confirm that everybody involved is comfortable with that property. Then you pull the trigger, make the crypto payment, and immediately receive the NFT that gives you the legal ownership of the house. That as a process inside of the whole world of real estate is the the catcher mechanism so that every time something goes wrong, you just get a hold of one of these NFTs as we've immediately filled in the gap that opens up and say a mortgage chain. It's, I need to close on a property in a week. What can you do for me? Incredible. Um, and I mean, I say a week, right? The technical part of that is going to be literally the same as buying any other NFT. You could settle the thing in a minute. The assumption is that you're going to want to do things like escrow where you can hold the thing in place using a smart contract while you verify that everybody on your side of the deal is comfortable with it. You know, does your wife think that this property is suitable? Well, I've got an option on it, and we now have a week to make our minds up, and if we confirm the transaction, we'll take the house. And you know for 100% how long you have that option open for. Same thing for collateralized lending. I have the NFT. The only way of attaching a lien or something like that to the house is through the NFT. I walk the NFT over to somebody doing collateralized lending. They check what the place sold for five times before me, and they immediately lend in a day in the same block if they're going to be really aggressive about this. So, you know, the, the the objective here is not just to provide services to the crypto world. The objective here is to provide crypto services to the real world. Amazing. Amazing. And what, what's your take on the whole NFT space? I mean, interestingly, also out of the UK, probably the closest project that I know to Materium seems mm-hmm. to be currency, right? Like, Like, what's your take on that? I think it's a really cool idea. We have been having an internal discussion about whether we should do like a, a marketing campaign that just says Materium, currency as a service. <laughs> <laughs> right? Because, you know, what they've built is they've built their own kind of hacked version of Materium inside to try and create this thing where you've got a physical digital bridge inside of the currency project. But they haven't really, un, you know, looked at that as like, hey, you could do this for anything. And let, um, let's unpack for, for listeners as well. So currency effectively is a Damien Hurst project. One of the most successful NFT sales this year. He effectively has auctioned all these NFTs. They auctioned off 10,000 NFTs for £2,000 and uh, all probably have gone up five to ten to probably a hundred x in value what i love about it is the game theory that they baked into it effectively at a two-month time period you need to either choose to keep the nft and uh, abandon your chances of owning a damien hurst painting or on the other hand receive the damien hurst painting so quite a brilliant idea what we really ought to do is we ought to run a service for people that did the currency whereby they can take physical delivery of the painting, then walk it over to us, we put it in the vault, and then we give them back an NFT of it. I, I, I think I, I know someone who's who's managed to get three of those, so he may be in touch with you if you want. Well, that would be amazing. Because, you know, I mean, the point is that it's meant to be fungible. You know, Hearst has created this illusion that yeah. it's a binary choice between the NFT and the physical thing. It's not. There are two phases of the same object. Right? The yeah. object is free in the world. There is no NFT. The object is locked in a vault. There is an NFT. Simple as that. That is brilliant. 
I love it. I love let's it. Do it well, let's do it. Let's do it. It'll be let's amazing. Let's do it. I, I, will, issue an I NF- will. He's a trader, so he will love this. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, what are we going to do? We're going to subvert the intention of Damien Hurst's entire project by issuing NFTs for copies of the currency stored in a vault. Perfect. That's exactly the kind of thing that we rely on you for, Toby. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's that's uh, that's what one of my colleagues was teasing me the other day. It's like you're you're rapidly becoming a fixer for the rich and famous, which is not what I want to be known for in, on my gravestone. But it's sort of uh, well, I mean, you know, the thing about the rich <laughs> is they have more money. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, do you want to buy a house in in Acapulco with Bitcoin? I can help you sort that out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's exactly yeah. the kind of transaction yeah. that you'd do yeah. as an NFT if it was available. Well, so if well, somebody well. had already turned their house in Acapulco into an NFT, that mm-hmm. client just comes along and buys the NFT. Yeah, that'll do. Two swimming pools? Fine. Bing. Done. Right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. You know, imagine how the world looks if you have this friction-free environment where, because everything starts with luxury goods, right? Unfortunately, the world we're in, if you want to do innovation, you're going to wind up initially selling to either the very rich or the very poor, and the very poor do not have crypto wallets. You know, the notion that we could build out this zero-friction ecosystem where everything is carbon compensated and you've got offsets for all your transactions and, you know, that entire thing... You build it for the ultra-rich, you build it for the collectors, you build it for the art people. And then once all of that works, you know, it's no longer the, you know, house in Acapulco is an NFT, you know, it's the two-bedroom in Barnet. You know, what started out as a convenience and a luxury for the very rich becomes ultra-low transaction costs and total predictability, which is exactly what you need for the working class. Uh, Vinay, it's been an incredible interview. Thank you very much. I think we could go on for another few hours, but we're trying to keep these short, sharp and uh, stimulating so so we can uh, catch up with you in several months' time when no doubt the Materium project will have evolved even further and the NFT and crypto space will become even crazier. Leaps and bounds, leaps and bounds. Good to see you, mate. Really good seeing you.